Amen. Amen. Be seated. Be seated. Morning, church. That uh, that was a lot of energy. That was awesome. So, I didn't seen Rodney for a few days. You you might not know. Every so often, he he slips away and he goes and sings with acapella, or would it be acapella classic? Acapella. And so he's been in Tennessee. I, it it was tough for him to have to go to Tennessee, but he volunteered. <laughs> so. Uh, Big concert Friday night? Yeah. Good. And he, uh, he flew back in yesterday, and he still has energy today. So, uh, hey, Lisa Rogers came up today, and she said, <clears throat> it's our last Sunday, so uh, I just wanted you to know Jeff and Lisa Rogers, before they go out the door, they'll be back because they've got family here, but they're moving, so this isn't going to be their church home anymore. I just wanted to kind of throw that in. So before they walk out the door, um, grab them, get their credit card, so we can keep in touch. So I want to tell you uh, <clears throat> tell you about three big days that we have coming up. You've uh, there was a brochure last week. You should have already received something in the mail. We mailed that to everybody on our church rolls. So we've got three big days coming up. Dinner on the grounds is next week. Dinner on the grounds and the egg hunt, and we're going to have a big meal. It's kind of a home-cooked meal. It's not a store-bought meal, and sure would be nice to know who's coming <clears throat> by filling out a thing in the, um, one of those, is, is it in the bulletin today? Yeah. So if you haven't done that, it sure would be nice if you'd pop that in one of the boxes. And then we've got Easter Sunday, and we'll have an extended worship, no Bible classes and no small groups. And then we're going to have our second every member Sunday. We did that once, and we're going to do that again, and we're going to do another mail-out to everybody on our church rolls. So just to give you a warning, we, we did this before. Um, on every member Sunday, here's some things we're not going to say on every member Sunday. All right, you've seen some of these before. We're not going to say, what are you doing here? We're not going to say, wow, what did you do wrong? All right, we're not going to say, you're behind on your contributions. Okay, these aren't funny to y'all. We're not going to say, I haven't seen you in years. We're not going to say, <clears throat> excuse me, you're in my seat. All right, we're hitting home a little better. We're not going to say... <laughs> we're not saying that. We're not saying, we just took you off the directory. We're not saying, wow, you've really aged. We're not saying, it's not Christmas. And we're not saying, Easter was last week. All right. Here's what we are going to say. We're so glad you're here. It's good to see you. So, seriously, we we're making an effort to contact everybody in our church directory. We want them here. And so when they show up, we want everybody to be receptive to them and uh, nice to them. So, I almost fell right there. Did y'all catch that? I always enjoy the radio program 
the rest of the story. Maybe you remember that. Maybe it was the voice of Paul Harvey. Maybe it was the stories he told. Maybe it was maybe it's just the way he told the story. He would start out and he would almost tell you the end of the story, the rest of the story. And then he would come back and tell you the whole story so that by the time you got to the end, you knew the whole picture. And he would say, and now you know the rest of the story. And he would tell you stories about people or he would tell you stories about little known facts and, and he would keep you on the edge of your seat. And again, maybe it was the voice, maybe it was the stories, maybe the way he told it. And you couldn't wait for him to say, and now you know the rest of the story. I mean, we all want to know the rest of the story. There's so many stories that we want to know. I think I've told you before that my wife likes to um, record stuff. And when she records stuff, when she goes to watch it, she'll probably fast forward to the end because she wants to know the rest of the story. And then she'll go back to the start. And I'm like, you're messing everything up. And she says, no, no, I I need to know the rest of the story. As a matter of fact, she's so good at watching those programs. It's just a certain kind of program. I don't know how to explain it. I'll be walking through the room, and it's one of those shows that just kind of draws you in, and I'll sit down, and I'll start asking her questions, and I think I know how the story's going to end. I'm I'm pretty sure how the story's going to end, and then the story ends. And it's not how I thought it was going to end. And she knows what my answer is going to be because she watches shows like that all the time. They don't end the way I think they're going to end. And I just say, seriously? And I get up and I walk out. Kelly likes to know the rest of the story. Wouldn't you like to know the rest of the story if you're a basketball fan when it comes to the NCAA tournament? Wow, March Madness is madness right now. Wouldn't you like to know who's going to win? Wouldn't you like to know the rest of the story when it comes to your children? Wouldn't you like to know the rest of the story as to who your children are going to marry or maybe something about your grandchildren? Wouldn't you like to know the rest of the story when it comes to maybe what's going on with your job? Maybe what's going on with the stock market? Maybe what's going on with your death? Wouldn't you like to know the rest of the story when it comes to heaven? Everybody would like to know the rest of the story about something... And yet most of the time we don't know the rest of the story. We don't get to know the rest of the story. We're in a study in the book of Acts. Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are called the four Gospels, and then Acts. We're about 23 lessons in. I don't know if we're finishing today or not. I don't know if it's the rest of the story. But we're in a study of the book of Acts, and and Luke, the author of Acts, is taking us on a journey because the church is about a journey. The church is... On the move. I don't know what comes to your mind when I say the word church. If you think of walls and buildings and staying in one place, but Jesus tells him we're we're not staying in one place. This movement, this thing, this explosion of God on the scene, it's going to start in Jerusalem. It's going to go to Judea and Samaria. It's going way out to the ends of the earth. And so Luke says, This is a journey. And He's going to tell us this story. And we've been looking at this story for 23 lessons. And here's what the story is. It's really pretty simple. The early Christians, the the Jesus followers, the, the early church, they believed that Jesus Christ died and that God raised Him from the dead. And they went everywhere telling that story. That's the story. And so as we get through the book of Acts, it was good news and it still is good news. And they went everywhere telling everybody about Jesus. 
And so as we've been coming to the close of what appears to be the rest of the story in Acts, we've been seeing Paul in prison. Paul's been arrested. Paul's in chains. Paul gets to see a lot of people from rulers, from high priests to governors to... We're even going to see him before Caesar, kind of. And he even says, because of my chains, this movement, this story continues. People would think, well, wow, Paul's in jail. It's over. Who's going to take over? And Paul says, no, no, no. The movement continues. The journey continues. Just because I'm in prison and just because I'm in chains, hey, Caesar's household is going to hear about the gospel because Paul's in chains. So it's a movement and it's a journey. And the journey doesn't slow down. And so we're going to see at the end of Acts, in Acts chapter 28, we're heading to see Caesar. When we got to Rome, which is where Paul wanted to go, and so that's where we're heading, that's where the journey's taking us. Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days later, he called together the leaders of the Jews, and when they assembled, he said to them, My brothers, although I've done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem, handed over to the Romans. They examined me, wanted to release me, because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. But when they objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar. Not that I had any charge to bring against my own people. For this reason, I've asked to see you and talk with you. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers. From morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God. Tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and the prophets. Some were convinced... Some were not. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. He said, The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when He said through the prophet Isaiah, Go to this people and say, You'll be ever hearing but never understanding, ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts in turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. And for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Now, Paul's in Rome, and he's in chains, and it looks like the journey's about to end. We're getting to the rest of the story, but I don't know if you've noticed, if you looked in your Bible, we're just one verse shy of being to the rest of the story. And yet Paul does, Luke doesn't tell us the rest of the story. He doesn't tell us what happened with Paul before Caesar. He doesn't tell us about that trial. He doesn't tell us if Paul was set free or if Paul died. He, he doesn't record any of that information. We almost just get to the end of Acts and it's like, seriously? That's it? It's kind of interesting to me that he quotes from Isaiah. This quote right here, go to this people and say, is from Isaiah. He, he quotes from Isaiah where God is calling Isaiah. He's looking for somebody to partner with him. He's looking for somebody who will go. He's looking for someone who wants to be on the move. He's looking for someone who will go anywhere. And yet before we get to this quote, I, I want you to see what happens with Isaiah. All right, In Isaiah chapter 6, before... Paul's quote, we read, In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled with the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. 
At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I'm ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sins are atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people. And then the quote from Paul at the end of Acts. Now, I find that interesting because God is looking for someone to partner with Him. And who's going to go? And who am I going to send? I need some witnesses. And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Well, who do I go to? And God tells him that He wants him to go until nobody else, um, until no one is left and until everything is gone. And Isaiah goes and Isaiah preaches and Isaiah is a witness because he knows God is on his side. Now... Fast forward to Acts. And God's still looking for people who will go. God is still looking for people who will preach. God is still looking for people who will partner with Him. God is still looking for people who will be witnesses. And Jesus calls us, as we said, saw in Acts 1, you will be my witnesses. And He says, God's going to be on your side. God's going to empower you. And everywhere you go and everybody that you talk to, you will have the power of the Spirit in you. And so Paul closes the book of Acts with this quote. It's interesting because in Acts chapter 4, when Peter and John are arrested, they know they have the power of God in them and they preach boldly. And in Acts chapter 7, when Stephen has rocks being thrown at him and he's about to die, he preaches boldly. Because he knows he has God on his side and God is with him. And in Acts chapter 8, when the church is scattered, in Acts chapter 9, when the church is scattered, they preach boldly because they know God is on their side and God is with them. And Paul, when he's in prison, he continues to preach boldly because he knows he's got the Holy Spirit, he's got God in him, he's got God on his side. And yet, we still don't know the rest of the story. I think what's interesting is Paul says, look, Isaiah caught a glimpse of God in heaven. Isaiah caught a glimpse of God on the throne. And because of the vision that he saw, he went everywhere preaching. And in Acts chapter 1, when they see Jesus ascend into heaven, they know He's going to the throne. They know He's going to rule. And they caught a glimpse of Jesus in heaven. And because of that, all of the Christ followers, all the Jesus followers, all the Christians in Acts, no matter where they went, because they knew God was on their side, they preached boldly and courageously. We don't know the rest of the story. We don't know what happened to Paul, because maybe because the story's not about Paul. Stories about Jesus. We don't know the rest of the story because the story continues. I love the last verse in the book of Acts, which reads, Boldly and without hindrance, he, Paul, preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's powerful enough for me as is. But I want to show you in the original Greek text how those words Play out. If you were reading the Greek text, the last two verses, you would read, And he, Paul, remained a whole two years in his own apartment and welcomed all the ones coming to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching the things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness unleashed. 
The last word in the book of Acts is unleashed, unhindered, unshackled, no chains. The last word in the book of Acts says the story is not over because God has unleashed His followers to be witnesses. The story is not over because God has unleashed the Holy Spirit into our lives. What would your life look like if you lived boldly unleashed? If God broke the chains of whatever is holding you down from the past, if God unshackled you from all of your guilt, if God broke the addictions in your life, broke the bad habits in your life, got rid of the sin in your life, what would your life look like if you lived boldly unleashed? What would the church look like if the church lived boldly unleashed? If we didn't live by agendas and we weren't shackled by personal agendas, if we weren't shackled by traditions, if we weren't shackled by buildings and walls, what would the church look like if we lived boldly unleashed? The story is not over because we are the rest of the story. The story continues because Jesus is not in the tomb. Jesus has been raised. That was good news. It still is good news. And God's looking for people who will go out and be witnesses for Him because we are the rest of the story. Listen, folks. Jesus has called us not to be in a witness protection plan and hide. Jesus has launched a global witness relocation program and He wants us to be on the move. And He wants us to go tell people. And He wants us with boldness to live lives unleashed, unhindered, unchained, unshackled so that nothing holds us back. And He says, I'll be with you. I'm gonna, God's going to send His Spirit to be in our lives to enable us to do that. What would your life look like What would this church look like if we lived boldly unleashed? Do you remember one of the first questions in Acts chapter 1? As Jesus is ascending into heaven and some angels come down to the disciples and they say, why are you standing here looking into heaven? It's a great question we should still ask. Because if Jesus is Lord, why are we still standing here? If Jesus is not in the grave, why are we still standing here? If Jesus is on the throne, then we need to live boldly unleashed lives. And God says, I'll be with you anywhere you go. Whether it's Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth, to the restaurant today, in your neighborhood, it doesn't matter where you go. To somebody in your family, to somebody at work, to somebody who needs Jesus, God says, I'll be with you and I'll give you the words and I'll give you the boldness. What does it mean to live boldly unleashed lives? It means we live in the confidence that God is on our side. It means we live in confidence knowing that if God is for us, who can be against us? It means that we live in confidence, boldly unleashed lives. Listen, folks, God unleashed Jesus from death, so we could live boldly unleashed lives. And that's good news. And people need to hear that news. People don't need to live shackled. People don't need to live chained up. People don't need to live in prison these days. Jesus came to set us free, and we need to live boldly unleashed lives. The good news hasn't changed. Jesus is not in the grave 
Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is the hope of our salvation. So the good news today is, will you give your life to Jesus with all of the things that have imprisoned you so that Jesus can set you free to live a boldly unleashed life? You don't have to go through life on your own. You can't go through life on your own. You can if you want to live a defeated life. You can if you want to be in prison. You can if you want to be shackled to your past. The guilt and the fears and the things that just we can't be set free from. Listen, church, why don't you give your life to Jesus today so that He can set you free, so that God can fill you with His Spirit? So we offer the invitation of Jesus. It's not our invitation. It's not this church's invitation. You can read about this in the Bible. We've been looking at this in Acts. In Acts chapter 2, repent of your life, of your sins, of you trying to live your life and be baptized for the remission of sins so that you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit so that God can empower you to live the kind of life God has called you to live. Boldly unleashed. Lives. If you need to respond to that invitation, please do so as we stand and sing. Mm-hmm.